Talk, talk to me. WSRadio.com Welcome to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. Welcome and thank you for joining us. Got a great show for you today. Lots of exciting and interesting stories like could there be fraud on LinkedIn? Oh my God, really? Uh, Mark Cuban makes a deal for jet tracking teen and uh, the say goodbye to Internet Explorer. Uh, I am Mark Cohen. She is Marsha Collier and welcome to the show. And Marsha, how are you? Oh, we got so much exciting stuff on the show today. I don't want to burn it up with personal time, but my daughter got married. That's all Yay. done. Yay. Yay. And this, my stress level has gone ratcheted down about 70 points. So I can imagine. <laughs> I'm feeling better. You, well, probably you, you have your... to face it soon. Yeah, we got so. my daughters getting married later in the year. but uh, You that have won't no have... idea of the stress. You have no oh, yeah, idea. I won't be involved in that, but I'm sure my wife will. So, uh, yeah. You'll have I... to deal with her. <laughs> well, that we have been dealing with her all along. So, and it's still five months away. So, uh, yeah. all right. So the FBI apparently says there is fraud on LinkedIn. What is that? Right. What a shock, right? Yeah. Um, LinkedIn, you know, is sold to us as a professional network. It's the professional right. social media network. And everybody who's anybody has to be on it because, of, but two things. It doesn't verify if I decided to put I had a doctorate from Harvard. <laughs> right. It isn't going to verify that. So I could put down anything I want. Yep. Things like that could could possibly lead to scammers. No. Um, and originally the theory with LinkedIn is you only connected with people you actually knew. Right. Until they suggested... Oh no! Open, open networking. Blah blah blah. Friend everybody. Uh, it's ridiculous. And then, as you know, they ask for you to upload all your co contacts, which right. I have never done, and to this day, <laughs> they bug me to do that. And I don't do it either. Right, because I am not going to expose the people who trust me with their contact information to whatever stupidity I would get into, which is basically what it is. Right. So it seems that there have been scams and big scams. Um, LinkedIn says they removed more than 32 million fake accounts from the platform in 2021. That's a lot of from fake Jul accounts. Uh, from July to December, its automated defenses stopped 96%, sure they did, of all fake accounts, and that includes 11.9 million that were stopped at registration and 4.4 that were proactively restricted. Right. So uh, lots and lots of fake profiles. The story came about, um, and the FBI is is on all of this. There was a woman called Maymay So, a Florida benefits manager, lost $288,000, her entire life savings, to someone on LinkedIn. Um, and it started innocently enough. You know, she uh, friended somebody who looked legit, said right. he was a manager at a fitness company. And they began chatting first over LinkedIn and then on a messaging app. Let me warn you, no matter how lonely you are, do not accept DMs from somebody you don't know. Do not yes. accept private messages from anybody that isn't a friend of a friend of yours. I, I'll give you that, okay? Because that way you can always check out who the person is. Right, right. Right? 
So be careful. So they began chatting on LinkedIn. And uh, of course, eventually it led to she wants to make some more money. And he, quote, he asked me if I'm on LinkedIn for professional networking or if I'm looking for a job. I never trust anybody, but we began talking over time and he gained my trust. And I'm quoting the lady right here. He showed me how he's profiting from his investments and told me I should start investing with Crypto.com, which I know is a legitimate website. I started with $400. So it seems over time, the fraudster convinced her to move her investments to a site that he controlled. So she would, you know, deposit money in it, make transactions, which included bank loans and money she borrowed from friends, hoping to use her earnings to start a small business. Mm. But it seems he began siphoning the money off and kept it for himself or spent it on whatever. Right. She says, once I realized I'd been scammed, I tried to contact him, but couldn't find him anywhere. I worked hard, and every single dollar I save, I work hard to save. It really hurts. So she lost $288,000, and her story isn't unique. There's a group of victims defrauded on LinkedIn, LinkedIn, um, and they meet regularly over Zoom, and they invited a CNBC reporter to join the session. Uh, as long as the uh, participants' faces were concealed and names weren't revealed. Their losses ranged from a minimum of 200000 to $1.6 million. Million dollars. We never thought there was the, any problem with LinkedIn. It was a professional network. Right, right. You know, and of course, it's not their fault they were victimized. It's the perpetrator's fault. Yeah, that's true. But you have to be aware. You can't trust strangers if you want to buy crypto. If that's your choice and you're hell-bent on doing it, go to a legitimate source. Go to a financial advisor, that a licensed, and you can find it on the web, who specializes in crypto, if that's what you really insist on doing. Yeah. nobody. And- there's no free lunch. There's no uh, <laughs> extra deal. Right, exactly. Very, very, very difficult. That's sad. I, you know, I went on LinkedIn early on. You know, when it first came out, I thought, okay, it's a nice place. But I was, I never connected to people I didn't know. I had to make sure that I knew who the people were. And I get every to this day, I get emails all the time. Oh, Joe Smith wants to connect with you. Oh, Mary Jones wants to connect with you. I don't know who these people are, so I just don't connect. And I rarely, frankly, if ever, use LinkedIn. Uh, I've certainly never used it for business. You know, I get emails from people that I know. You know, congratulations on your work anniversary. You know, that's an automatic Yay. thing that LinkedIn yeah. does. But yeah, you got to be very, very well, careful. Well, the thing with this is, stuff. for you. And your business, Mark, is, is a financial advisor, but um, and, and Mark isn't out there promoting his business. But those who have small businesses, it is a valuable networking device. Just, again, do not upload your contacts. And two, do not DM with people you don't know. Nobody no. is offering you a deal. If they want to say something, they can say it in public. You know, and I haven't quite figured out yet the the newest scams. The other day, I got a text message from someone saying, uh, "Here's my here's the information you asked me for. You know, Joe, my phone number is blah blah blah." <laughs> so you know, so I thought, okay, you know, this is probably somebody that just miss 
dialed or mistexted. So no, I just you didn't respond. Well, no. no, no, it was okay. I, t I okay. responded back saying, wrong person. And then I start getting more texts from this guy who says, so where, uh, you know, where are you located? And thank you for being such a nice guy. And, you know, oh, why gee. are you asking me where I'm, well, at which point, of course, I didn't respond again, you know. Uh, but sometimes you just try to be nice because people do make mistakes in texting. You know, it happens all the time. Oop, I put the wrong digit in and sent it to the wrong person. So, you know, and I don't know what the scam was there. Uh, and I obviously I shut it down at the very beginning, but you get this a lot. You get people trying to scam you in multiple, whether it's email, whether it's texting, whether it's instant messages or, you know, uh, Facebook messenger. And, and blocking the number or the email address does not work because all they do is pick up another number. They are spoofing right. phone numbers. Correct. So blocking them makes mo no point at all. Just delete yeah. them. Yeah. And the and latest thing, them, by of course. Well, and the latest thing also is that when now they are able to, when you see when you have caller ID and it comes across and says White House, you know, th th that's what they're doing. They're making it sound like legitimate companies. Well, I got a call just yesterday, and you know, you always look for your friend, Mister Scam Likely. I don't know right. if you get Mister Scam Likely, but I do. Um, yeah. This one said verified SIM, which. Wow. I mean, that looked legit to me. Right. Uh, I didn't pick up the call. And then I always Google the phone number. Yeah, and me if too. if you Google the phone number, you'll generally find out if it is a spam or a, a spam right. or scam. Yep. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff. You just got to be over careful of the way we're doing this. Uh, you know, our next story, which is interesting because I have found this too often. Uh, the story claims Amazon's using Alexa to target ads at customers. Well, Often something will happen and I'll be in the room and, uh, you know, my wife or I will say something to Alexa and I'm it's next to my computer and all of a sudden an ad pops up for something about what we were, you know, where do you want to go for dinner tonight? All of a sudden you got an ad for a restaurant. And so this apparently what Amazon is using. Just so you know, it also appears on uh, fire TV, which right. is even funnier. Because we only keep our Alexa in the kitchen because we figure we don't say anything of worth in the kitchen. <laughs> now, because we really don't trust it. Well, there's the lawsuit and the claim, and they have proof that's coming out in discovery. Um, and they will possibly be certified as a class action, which could include all of us who have an echo, right. that they are collecting in information. And Amazon has long denied it, but what the case is saying is Amazon has admitted that it does, in fact, use Alexa voice prompt to inform targeted advertising placed by Amazon throughout its vast advertising network. And it's shocking, especially coming after years of repeatedly disavowing such uses. Right. So yeah. they say um, Alexa has 70% market share which is a lot. That's 80 million of its devices operating in 50 million homes. Mm -hmm. Like I said, we could, you could keep it in the bathroom. That's a good place for it too. I, you know, I'd love to give Alexa that sound. Um, <laughs> at least I have better faith in Siri and Google Assistant than I do in Alexa because yeah. even though they have ads, uh, they're not selling as aggressively, let's say as uh amazon yeah i didn't like Although the I, looks of that 
I mean, we have Google, uh, whatever you call Google. What is it called? They're, uh, I don't know. Google Assistant. Google Assistant, thank you. And we've been sitting in the room, not, and you know, you're supposed to say, okay, Google. That's what triggers it, just like when you say the words for, uh, for Alexa. And right. all of a sudden, she starts talking. And sometimes it's related to the conversations that I that we're having in the room that uh, were, you know, not triggered by saying the magic, okay, Google word. Well, you see, the thing is, it has to listen all the time because it's listening for you to say the keyword. Correct. But it shouldn't be keeping it and it shouldn't be feeding you ads based on it. No, it I definitely is doing difference. that. Uh, I said, uh, hey, uh, I see that you've only got a half a glass of water left. Would you like me to buy you some more water on the website? You know, those are the kind of things that happen. You know, Alexa constantly is, I noticed that today I got one. I noticed that your inkjet printer is low on ink. Would you like to order some more ink? Huh? By the, by the way, I'm telling you, inkjet printers, I have the, uh, oh, crap, I don't remember which inkjet printer. I, I believe it's the Epson Echo Tank. Yeah. Where you get bottles of ink to fill right. is the best printer ever. Yeah, you've been saying that. Yeah. I mean, we still use the workhorse, the old laser jet all in one in the office. Right. But we have that other one in the house and we print like crazy from it. And yeah. it works no matter, you know, we have somebody come into the house, you give them the password, you know, if they're on your Wi Fi network. Nobody has had a problem printing on it. Uh, mm -hmm. It's an amazing, and you save. I mean, you can, and you can actually see from the outside how much ink is left in each cartridge. Yeah, that's nice. And when they're running low, you just take the big bottle and squirt, squirt. It, it's quite uh, amazing. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Uh, so anyway, you might you you might be able to get about thirty cents on this lawsuit. As typically it happens, <laughs> you know, the lawyers will get six point eight million, and you'll get thirty cents. So you know, um, I save those checks. Oh, good. It, it's like it's like a collectible. You know, here's a check from the lawsuit against Google from Google. I think I have a dollar sixty on that one. So you I should just put save them on a frame. Them. Yeah, you should put them on a frame. I should and make then, a website, have people yeah. post their pictures. <laughs> and with any kind of luck, it screws up their bookkeeping. That, that you haven't cashed their hope. check. See, that yeah, was exactly. my hope, yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, so I've been, as we all have, been using Internet Explorer for years. And I've always been fine with it. You know, I never hated it. Uh, it started in 1995. And it has been a very, very effective browser. One of the main browsers in the universe for, you know, since 1995. And, uh, well, it's now history. Uh Today, Microsoft Internet Explorer, which was at 1.90% of web browsers in use. I know. Do you believe yeah, that? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Um, is now saying goodbye to Internet Explorer. Uh, and, I, you know, did you ever have major issues with IE? You know, I never really liked it, but I was a Firefox user for the longest time. For the longest time. And when some website didn't work right on Firefox, then okay. I'd open up IE, and it was generally work because your basic coder was designing for IE on right. Windows. Right. But now I've used Chrome for so long, and blah, blah, yeah, it's a memory hog, and blah, blah, blah. But it works. And it does work. It's, it's, you know, so I like it. It works. And actually, the Microsoft Edge browser works. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, but it does. I, I'm it, the same as you. I use uh, I use Chrome almost all of the time. Uh, I do periodically use Edge, which is fine. And I was, of course, still using Internet Explorer. Um, but, you know, they all work reasonably well. I've tested probably every browser, Brave and Opera and Firefox and the millions of smaller ones that are floating around that hardly anyone ever uses. Uh, but, you know, you did a good job, Internet Explorer. And yeah. it was, you know, and it was fine. You know, and now it's gone. And, and Edge, by the way, as you say, Edge is a very good very browser. Very good browser. It's yeah. just I've got all my passwords. I've got everything set up with Chrome. Right. Right. <laughs> no, it's right. No, it works great. Uh, so anyway, bye-bye, and thanks for sharing bye -bye. the love for, uh, you know, 27 so, years or whatever it was. Are you a fan of widgets on the home screen? Or are a they not bit. available quite yet? Or no, no. A, it yeah, is. You okay. can get them. Yeah. I love a good widget. I don't like to load up my home screen because I like to look at the picture, whatever I have in the background. Right. But having a widget... So there are two new widgets that have been announced, which are kind of very cool. Now, these right now start on the Pixel, Google Pixel phone, which is Android. Right. But, you know, pretty much a lot of what they do, I mean, the new iOS has got tons of stuff from, from Android. But right. these two, I think, are particularly valuable. So on your lock screen, you can put a widget that will show you when somebody is at your door without opening Google Home or the Nest app. Yeah, that's a nice plus. Because you know, even when you get a notification, yeah, uh, I, I don't wear TV on my wrist because I have a very little wrist and don't want a big TV. So I have to tap my phone. I have to go into the app. Yeah, I know. First right. world problems. But to be able to see it on the front of your phone, I think is very, very cool. And the other one is uh, Google Maps nearby traffic. Remember in the day, Google Maps would only show you traffic on freeways and you know right. main drags and the whole thing. Yeah. Well, now they'll show you the neighborhood streets. And this widget will go on the lock screen. You just look at your phone and it, will, it actively tracks the traffic where you are. Yeah, that's I a mean, nice you know, plus. You, know, you want to go to the supermarket? There's two ways you can get there, this way or that way. You look at that and you see, ooh, that one's all red. I don't think I'll go that way. Right. Yeah, I, I think these are brilliant and I these are valuable things. You know, yeah, that's fun. Yeah. I well, think Windows I think it's eleven good. yeah, one of the uh, add ons to Windows eleven is you can put widgets on your screen. And uh, and it's nice to be able to use them. You don't want to flood yourself with all kinds of different things. But, you know, it allows you to put weather and sports and, you know, a number of the things that you're talking about. So uh, that's kind of nice to have. And I do like widgets. You just don't want to fill up your entire screen with them. Some people, Yeah, and that's the problem. You look 60. at people's phones. Oh, my gosh. Right? Yeah. <laughs> what are yeah, you doing on widgets. your phone? What the heck? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so Photoshop has been one of the better um, uh, photo editors, been around for a long, long time. And it previously was, if I remember correctly, rather expensive. So apparently, uh, you know, Adobe now is planning to make it free on the web, which is pretty cool. Okay, so here's the deal. Way back in the dark ages <laughs> of early PCs, I was a graphic artist. And I used Photoshop, and I loved Photoshop. Um, but it was hella expensive. 
I mean, crazy oh, expensive. expensive. It was like six, seven hundred dollars. And unlike other programs where you could upgrade from one version to the next, no, right. no, no, you had to pay again for the new version. Yep. Which is why I switched at that time to Corel. There was Corel Draw. There was Corel Photo. Yeah. There, which basically all did the same thing, only they let you upgrade. <laughs> yes, for free. So, uh, yeah. You know, you pay for it once, great. And, uh, you know, maybe there would be a minor charge for a major upgrade, but it, it, you didn't get hosed. Right. And I'm sorry, Adobe, I love you, but you, you did kind of hose me right out of your market mm-hmm. and to another thing. And I think that happened with a lot of people. Uh, but the, the interesting thing is on Photoshop, I only used about five or six things, you know, to touch up pictures. Right, right. I was not there dropping out back, I, yeah, or maybe once. You know, there were just certain things that I went to do to touch up pictures. Right. And as a graphic artist, that was important. But still, it's such a giant program that you really don't need the whole thing. So what they're doing is they're making a smaller version of Photoshop to be available free online. So it's free now in Canada. Uh, They can access Photoshop on the web through a free Adobe account. And they call it freemium because they will gate off some features that will be exclusive to paying subscribers. But enough tools are going to be freely available to perform uh, uh, Adobe Photoshop core functions. And I think that's great. That's, That's great cool. because they, it is a brilliant program. Yeah, they have uh, apparently this new thing called their AI-powered neutral fi- uh, uh, filter that d- restores old photos. You know, we have a million old photos of your family, grandparents, you know, great-grandparents, all the black and white photos. And the new photo restoration filter can take a beaten-up yellow photo automatically cleans up the scratches, restores some of the color, and then if you combine it with Adobe's existing colorized filter for adding color to black and white photos, they can bring an old photo to life. And that's kind of a cool thing to do. I don't remember the program, and Marsha, you might know what I'm talking about. One of the programs came out, and I played around with it for a little bit, that actually animates an old photo. Have you seen that Yeah, that, that was I... weird. Yeah, that was weird, yeah. and I don't remember what it... You, you yeah. have a lot more, obviously, a lot more free time than I do. <laughs> hey, I know. Yeah, uh, I I only try out stuff that I have to, or that I'm going to use, maybe, or I think our listeners, you know, are going to be using, and and that was kind of an on the edge thing. But it was I mean, a little creepy. It was yeah. a little creepy, you know, because you suddenly saw your dead relative smiling and waving at you, you know, and that made it a little, you know, Very a little creepy. bit odd. Uh, it was called the My Heritage Deep Nostalgia app, and it's interesting to see because it does suddenly create life in a still photo. And even though it is creepy, it is kind of interesting to see that happen. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, it was it was creepy. Let, let's be honest; it was creepy to see that. Uh, and that's one of those things that you play with three or four times, and you probably never use again. Uh, but exactly, yeah. and then be sure to delete it because you don't need it updating and stuff on your device. Yeah, correct. It's always, as Marsha's right, it's always a really good idea that if you're no longer using a program, delete it. Because one, if you have multiple programs on your machine, you don't know if they're running in the background. They may be draining your battery life. They may be slowing down your phone or your computer or whatever else. So periodically go through your phone or your computer or whatever and delete the unused apps. 
And remember yeah. that when you delete them from the screen, that doesn't that necessarily <laughs> delete them from your computer. So you actually, on a PC, you have to go into what they call add remove programs, click on it, and that's the only way you can read it because all you're doing on the other side is you're deleting the icons. You're not deleting the program. Right, right. So Uninstall uh, is what you have to select to get rid of exactly. it. Exactly. Um, so lightning ports they're talking about banning lightning ports. Oh, which this is be, so hysterical. This is yeah. so funny. Wait a minute, because uh, tell me your opinion in the middle and the minute, because my yep. opinion of the fact that everybody is running around like their heads on fire on the fact that, oh, no, there will be no lightning ports. What are we going to do? Our old iPhones. There's no resale value. Oh, wait a minute, folks. Slow down. Slow your roll first. Yeah, there will be a lightning port ban in Europe. Yep. And odds are Apple isn't going to just make phones for Europe and not for the U.S. So odds are the lightning port will go away. They will be replaced by USB-C. Right. Which does everything that a lightning port does and just as fast. So mm -hmm. calm down. And but 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 I have an old iPhone and I want to sell it and nobody will want it because because no no you yeah well here's the story, you go to Amazon or you go to Apple or you go to any Best Buy name it right, yeah you can get a dongle, you can get a lightning cable. These things are still for sale. They're available. It's not like the whole device is gonna explode into flames. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But seriously, the headlines that I've been seeing on the internet, it's like, oh, no, what are we going to do? Nothing. Just no. buy a cable. Buy a dongle. Well, yeah, there was a panic when Apple switched to uh, USB-C charge types. And, and then you got your new phone and you went, wait a minute, because it didn't come with cords anymore, remember? They don't send right. you the cords that they used to. So you were like... Ooh, what the hell do I do? How do I charge the phone? Blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, exactly as Marcia said. Uh, in uh, 24 hours or 48 hours, you'll have whatever cable you want by buying it on Amazon or some service like that. And so, don't don't uh, give me the whining, oh, I got to spend extra money. If you're spending the money on an iPhone, folks, you can flip and afford a cable. Yeah. That's and it. don't buy, don't, do not buy the cheapest cable. Because those cables are bad. They can eat, and sometimes they catch on fire. Sometimes they work for two hours and then they're gone. Get a certified cable, spend a little bit more. So maybe instead of spending $5, you're spending $20. But you want a cable that works that doesn't break five minutes after you've used it. Uh, you know, so the be thing is, careful. we also need to become more aware of the voltage of each cable. And we'll talk about that in another show. But each device these days seems to accept a different voltage for optimum charging. Right. Small things like uh, fitness bands and things like that will be a lot happier if they're only charged with a 5 volt. Yep. Which is an old type of cable. Right. So what you need to do when you get a new device is make a record of what the voltage is because no doubt you have a ton of cables at home with, uh, you know, the power blocks. And be sure to match the right ones. And I use, I, I write on it with a uh, Sharpie or I use a label maker to, if it's a right. black one that I can't write on, to how many volts, what I can charge it with. Because that's right. really important to extend your battery life. Because that's another reason why our batteries burn out so quickly 
is charging a device with a higher voltage than it wants. Right, exactly. Um, all right, so I, I wonder if this next story, uh, obviously this had really nothing to do with what I'm about to say, but you know, a lot of people didn't know, even know what alopecia was until the, was it the Academy Awards where Will Smith slapped um, Chris yeah. Rock? Yeah, so the, the story was that uh, Jada Pinkett Smith, uh, Will Smith's wife, got alopecia, and she shaved all her hair off. And all of a sudden, now alopecia is a worldwide issue. So this drug restores hair? Yeah. Well, the weird thing is, um, not that you would know about such things, but do you think if this drug restores hair for alopecia that it might work on those who have normal hair loss? I was the first thought. I wondered if that was exactly true. Right. Because there's a New York Times article that has some amazing before and after pictures. You, you saw them, Mark. What do you think? Yeah. Well, it's scary. I mean, you know, it's not cer certainly something you want anyone to have to suffer through. But uh, I mean, after 36 weeks, these people had a full flipping head of hair. Yeah, that's really weird. Uh, it makes you wonder, you know, anytime you do a drug and anytime I think of using something on my head, it always freaks me out a little bit. Well, is it going right into my brain? You know, <laughs> you know, and I don't have that much brain power left that I can afford to have it being eaten away by this stuff. But it's a, you're right. These pictures are amazing. I mean, they are amazing. It's a it's been tested. Um, there were two trials, major trials, obviously, to get approved by the FDA. Uh, right. And that insurance will cover it because alopecia is actually a condition. Right. Big um, condition, yeah. it's, a, it's a big deal. So the drug is made by Eli Lilly and, and it Pfizer. Work, it works, and Pfizer. And it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing how it works. So all those who are going through all the stress, this study was published last month in the New England Journal of Medicine. And did you see what the name of the drug is? I didn't. Pfizer Concert Pharmaceuticals, alopecia. If anybody's interested, I think just just uh, Google that, and maybe you'll get more information because I don't yeah. see the name name of the drug in the story. Yeah, I was looking uh, myself. I didn't see that either. But yeah, I'm sure, as Marcia said, you can find the story just by uh, putting in Lilly or Pfizer alopecia drug. And uh, it was approved, you know, and I, I think that's fantastic for all those people. And I didn't see anything about it, as you say, Marsha. Would it help people that don't have alopecia? Is it only meant well, for Well, you know, the interesting that? thing is uh, with the FDA, you can only get it approved so that insurance will pay for it, right? right? You get it approved for a condition. Regular baldness that just happens, I don't know, is a condition. Probably so prob not. probably not, and probably then your insurance would not cover it. Right. But, you know, hey, test out the sample on your armpit. See how it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's one way to do it, yeah. You know, you know um, but the, they had trials, and for those who don't know, I'm sorry, alopecia is losing your hair and going completely bald. Yeah. Um, yeah, they could, they can start with a small spot, bald, bald patch on the head and it spreads and it could be random. It could be complete, um, bald spots on your head one day, three months, or even weeks later, they have no hair on their bodies. It's a thing. It's a thing. So uh, Mark, I don't think you rub it in. I think it's a pill that you take 
and this which is may big. be worse, frankly. I mean, I don't know. Now it's no, going I've, through your whole body. I've known some teenagers who had this, and that that's really tragic because you know how cruel young yeah. people are. Oh, it's awful. Right? Yeah. So yeah. I, yay, well, I hope that Pfizer, works. I hope Lily, it works. and I hope it works for all our alopecia listeners. This yeah, is a great there you thing. go. Uh, so a couple of months ago, a story came out about a teenager who tracked Elon Musk's jet. And uh, you found a story that linked that to Mark Cuban's flights as he was revealing Mark Cuban. So what did Cuban say? Well, uh, wait a minute. Before we say what Cuban says, even better, the kid has a new account. This is a young man who's obviously very smart. Yeah. And he has learned how to use public flight information as long as you know the tail number. Every plane has a tail number, kind of like a VIN number to a car or a license right. plate. You know, it only belongs to that one. He yep. started a new account, which people might really enjoy, called Celeb Jets, mm -hmm. which is more important because, <laughs> because it's so absurd. Yep. Uh, you know, Oprah Winfrey has been to different places in Hawaii today. She's been very busy. Uh, Drake, act, and the fun part of it is, it, it says how much gas they used, yeah. how much fuel they used, the cost of the fuels, and how many tons of CO2 emissions. So yeah. Drake, who I'm sure is a real person for the environment, right. he took his jet for eight miles, which was 329 gallons of gas. <laughs> 2,262 cost of fuel, not to mention what he paid the captain, but three tons of CO2 emissions. For God's sakes, it was eight miles. Couldn't you have yeah. taken a car? I mean, oh, God. But yeah. anyway, so today there's Oprah, there's Drake flying around Florida. Um, let me see. Tom Cruise, yes, in China. Yeah, Taylor Landed. Swift, yeah. Yeah. So this is a fun account to take a look. It's on Twitter, and it's at Celeb Jets. So going back to Mark Cuban. Right. There was a, a Mark Cuban account, and Mark Cuban was really upset. Yeah. Um, and frankly, I don't blame him. It's public I, knowledge. It's, that's the it problem. Is, it it's is. It's public but, you know, knowledge. Yeah. You, but, you, if you hate somebody like a presidential president, well, I mean, president flies on Air Force One, but, you know, and you want to do something to the flight they're on, that can be frightening. Eh, well, you know, it takes a special kind of crazy to just get on the tarmac. So there's yeah, that. That's true. So, that's true. you know, I, so if you're crazy, you're crazy and you can, but whatever. Elon Musk, he was tracking Elon Musk's private jet and. Elon offered him $5,000 to stop sharing the history, but that, that didn't right. happen. <laughs> no, not for five no, grand. No, thanks. Not for five grand. No. Yeah. But Mark Cuban um, was more concerned because he has a family and a wife right. and kids and the whole thing. Yeah, I don't blame him. And, uh, you know, he went to the kid and he told the kid, what can I do so I can end this risk to my family's safety? And uh, the Twitter stream of the uh, direct messages are on the internet. So basically what he did was ask Cuban for business advice. And Cuban, Cuban did it. Yep. He's, and he agreed that when you, you'll have my phone number, when you need something, 
Oh, and he's meeting uh, the guy, which is kind of cool, at, at a basketball game. So yeah, that's the, at the Dallas Mavericks ja- game, who yeah, Cuban the owns. Guy, the guy is named Jack Sweeney. And right. in a DM, he said, you probably have Elon as a friend for life, and I'm guessing this is more valuable to you than the value of a Tesla. Someday you may ha- start a business, and you would have my help. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So, you know... It's a good way to buy goodwill, I think. Yeah, you're not kidding. I mean, I have to say it smacks a little bit to me of the threats that you get from companies when they hack into your equipment and tell you if you don't pay them, then they're going to, you know, destroy yeah, Mark, your data. You can go to FlightAware and get this information. Oh, you're right. If, yeah, if, you're right. This yeah. is public information. There are a hundred but this guy, smart smart geek that Jack Sweeney is. Yeah. aggregates the information and he has this automated account celeb jets and uh so you know i'm real sorry that tom cruise left uh, chino california today but he landed oh. again in chino california for 18 minute flight i don't know wow <laughs> yeah yeah there's so a lot it, of crazy stuff if you're if you're a celebrity watcher you'd enjoy definitely that twitter feed. yeah kind of interesting Okay, so it is now the time of the show. We search the planets, the universe, and Best Buy for the buy of the week. Thank you, Paul. Um, TV prices have gotten so inexpensive that it's it's actually kind of crazy. Uh, at Best Buy, if you're looking for a TV, you can get the TCL. I've never had a TCL. Marsha, have you? Oh, I haven't. Uh, we, no, no, oh, no. Yeah. Okay. I haven't. Um, so TCL, there, there were 417 reviews on Best Buy. It got 4.5 out of 5 stars. It's their 70-inch, 70, that's a big honking TV. Uh, it's called their 4-series LED 4K UHD, which is ultra-high definition, HDR. Uh, it's a smart Android TV, and it is available, you know, it comes with pretty much all the bells and whistles that you'd want. Uh, it's, it's got direct light, which is bright color and high contrast. It's got what they call good light uniformity, works well in any room, got good brightness to it. And again, it's a 4K TV. So you can get this TV today. It's normally sells for already a cheap price of $600, but you can get it on sale at Best Buy for $499.99, so a penny under $500. And again, it's the TCL 70-inch Class 4 Series LED 4K, available today on Best Buy for Five hundred bucks. I mean, that's and insane. That TVs have gotten yeah. so reasonably priced, but they if have. you do not have a good internet signal, do not buy that TV because 4K takes four times as much bandwidth yeah. as HD, and and you may not be able to support it. So test it out. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're ask, right. You're one hundred percent correct. Yeah. You because have have it, probably, it's no bargain if you can't use the features. Well, you're right. You probably have to have at least a 25 megabit per second signal to pick up 4K, and the faster the better. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that is our buy of the week. Um, okay, I found uh, a product I have to tell everybody about oh, really right. quick. Okay. okay, and I think, and you and I laugh about Bluetooth locks, right? I mean, yep. we're just yep. not a fan. But they yep. are kind of cool. Uh, yeah. Um, there's a new one from a company called Switchbot. Uh huh. S W I T C H B O T. And it's a retrofit smart door lock. It works over your existing deadlock. You don't have to drill anything in, and it just works. 
And yeah, that's weird. How? Why? What? Go to the website. Um, yeah. You know, it's the SwitchBot Lock, ninety nine ninety nine sticks to your door. It looks good. I'm not wild about the numeric keyboard, but right. it has a screen. The numeric keyboard is extra. You can fingerprint it. You know, open by fingerprint. You can do it with an app. It's compatible with Quickset, Schlage, Baldwin, Emertech, all the top brands of deadbolts, which shocked me. And The Verge covered the story. There's app control, voice control. You can tell it to open. I mean, it, it's great for $99. I'm almost thinking of testing one of these, you know, buying it for not my front door, but another out exterior facing door in the house. Yeah, if you do, we'd love to have to report back to see how well it works. It's, you know, it's magic. How does it un- unbolt your bolt? It's got, it's obviously got some magnetic. Oh, it, what it has, up. no, what it has, it's a mechanical thing. Go to the website for SwitchBot. And it's actually the, an L-shaped device that has a double stick glue thing to your door. Okay. And then something that covers the deadbolt. And a device manually opens and closes, you know, up, down, side, side. Yeah, 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 yeah. Manually does the deadbolt. It looks like this could really work. <laughs> and I, the best I'm part fascinated about it, by it. The best part about it is it doesn't um, disable the regular use from the inside. Yeah, that's really wild. That's right? interesting. Yep. So you can, from the inside, use the traditional lock, which... It's crazy. So, yeah, that's hey, wild. Okay, I think it's definitely All right. worth looking at. Yeah, I want to know about it. Okay, real quick, uh, 50th anniversary of Atari. They are coming out this summer with something called Mania Micro Games, which is going to have Atari's old games that you used to know and love. They're going to come with 150 micro games uh, from the 70s and the 80s. And uh, look for that, because that should be kind of fun. I know when I've gone back and played retro games, I'm like, wow. You know, as you're so used to playing video games today that are so realistic, that look like real people, you know, these are stick figure games, but they're a lot of fun. And if you love Atari, that is available, uh, will be available soon. Uh, should we do real quick um, TV and movies? Are you a James Bond fan? I, it, yeah. Yeah. I, I've liked mm. James Bond. I like Daniel Craig a lot. Yep. So, yeah, I'm a fan. Well, you can now, and, and I will always watch a James Bond movie if it pops up on the screen. If I'm looking for something to watch, I don't care if it's in the middle of the movie, if it's Goldfinger, or if it's in the newer films. Well, you can now, because um, Amazon now holds the rights to all the uh, James, almost all the James Bond films. Well, because they uh, bought MGM, right? Correct. Yeah, they bought MGM. So for the most part, you can stream, starting with the first James Bond film, which was Dr. No in 1962, all the way up to the most current one, about 95% of the films that are the James Bond films, the famous ones from Russia with Love, Goldfinger, all these great movies, you can get those on Amazon Video. Every once in a while, you'll find one that was not an official James Bond uh, film, like Casino Royale and a couple of the other ones that you actually have to go to different services to find them. But if you are a, uh, a major James Bond fan, as I am, this will give the ability to literally, you want to spend, I don't know, the next two days just watching James Bond film? You can like do it. 
Yeah, you can you start can an Amazon video. Uh, and the best, the best way, the best way to do this is to look up the James Bond movies on Google. You can. There's a way to click a little down arrow that will tell yep. you how to stream. And yeah, that, exactly. You can check them all. They're all online. It's amazing. So, you know, James Bond movies. What great entertainment! Doesn't really That's get any fun. better. And one of the films that that you can't actually get without paying for, but it's on Amazon, Apple, and YouTube, was Never Say Never Again, which Sean Connery came back after quitting the franchise. And when he quit the franchise, he said, I'll never do another James Bond film. film. And later came back. Oh, so to that's do, why it's called Never Say that, Never Again. That's correct. That's the original wow, reason. Wow, good trivia. Bravo. Yeah. And loved, and loved uh, uh, Sean Connery. He was and the, the newest James movie. Bond is streaming yeah. now the newest movie which maybe we'll take because i loved skyfall you know i'm i'm a big fan it's called no time to die yes have you oh you have not seen it yet no i have not seen it yet. okay then i'm not going to talk well do you know what happens in the film because i don't want to give anything away well he left mi6 okay well then, then i can't discuss this because i don't want to uh okay talk but about did it, you so. like it Oh, loved you it. Highly recommend. Loved it. Okay, loved there's it. the music, Mark. Hey, that is it for us. Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can find us on every streaming service in the United States and in all the world. Have a great week, and we'll see you next week. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors. We're here for you every week, at least we try to be. And DM us on Twitter or LinkedIn or go to our Facebook page. I'm at Marsha Collier. He's at Real Mark Cohen. Have a great week in tech. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. Produced by Brain Food Radio Syndication, global food for thought. <laughs>